Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. I'm here with Chelsea, uh, and we're here with Lindsay Lotzball again today, and we're continuing into Deuteronomy. Uh, What stuck out to you guys as we read through this thing? So many things. First of all, (laughs) I feel like a dummy. The last episode, I was like, what if Moses was just relieved? He wasn't. He really wanted to go to the promised land. (laughs) (laughs) Moses was cool with it. (laughs) Moses pleaded with the Lord to go to the promised land. The Lord was like, no, stop asking. (laughs) Sounds familiar. (laughs) Oh, Moses. I want to point out how Moses just continues to rephrase what happened to him. (laughs) Because of you, I'm not entering the promised land. (laughs) In my wonderful speech that I'm going to give to all of you, I'm going to remind you that it's your fault that I can't (laughs) go. It's like all the parents that look at their kids and they'd be like, I'd be rich if it wasn't for you. (laughs) He he never says like, ah, remember what I did to that rock? He says, oh, you stupid people. (laughs) After all these years, I feel like Moses gets a little... We can give him a slide? Get a little slide. Yeah. I mean, he is 120. He's... (laughs) He's earned the you right to be a little cranky. He's reached old man stage where you can say whatever just, yep. you want. He's at the diner every no morning. No repercussions for that. He's drinking his coffee, <laughs> complaining about where yeah. he could have got. Remember the Israelites? <laughs> Those people are the worst. Real jerks. <laughs> oh, Ruined <man>. my life. <laughs> so that happened. And then I would love for... That's the best transition ever. So that happened. <laughs> So I learned something, but I would love for Lindsay to talk about Eastern Cities of Refuge because that's that comes in in Deuteronomy 4, and I thought that was so interesting. And Lindsay had lots of thoughts on it that I did not know in my quick Google search. It didn't tell me that. <laughs> yeah, this is – those listening, you got to just keep persisting because the Old Testament law just will expand your view of God and what a great God that he is. So remember, he's trying to make them a great nation. Not so that they will be in and of themselves great, but so that all the nations, he says this in this passage you're about to hear, all the nations will look at them and say, whoa, this is a great nation. They have a great and different God. And not just because they're all happy and clappy, but because the way that the nation functions, their justice, their righteousness, their peace, their fairness, will be just like a city on a hill. Mm -hmm. And so one of the first things that's so fascinating is he's— talking, you're going to about to go into the land, and he actually instructs them, one of the first things you want to do before you apply all these other laws, as soon as you step foot in that land, make sure you set up the cities of refuge. Do that first. Now, the cities of refuge were a place, they initially were instructed to have three of them, and they were proportionally proportionally, is that correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Chelsea confirmed. She's the word genius. I didn't think about it for a second. They yes. were proportional in distance so that on average, any Israelite could reach a city of refuge by foot in about a day. Yeah. They weren't like all squeezed up at the northern part. So like the people in the south had to travel for days and days to get to it. So it was equal access for everyone. And this is basically the place, let's say you were, you know, I don't know, cutting wood, and the axe head flies off. This is, I mean... That's actually described. This is exactly what they're going to say. Right. The axe head flies off, and it, you know, kills cousin Amos. Hate when that happens. Oh, Oh, poor Amos. But people show up, and they're like... But you actually killed Amos. Yeah. He could run, pick up his gown, (laughs) and just go to the city of refuge. And leave that faulty axe. Don't take that that. with you. Just run. Just run. Leave the murder weapon. (laughs) And they could, it was a place where you could run for refuge in order 
to be safe while they determined what happened so that justice could be determined. Mm -hmm. And it protected the innocent from mob justice, basically. So it was really amazing. Now, the cities of refuge also were the place, they were the towns where the Levites lived. So Levites are the priests and the representatives, representatives of God. So people would flee to a city of refuge and basically flee to the church to be protected while justice was being determined. That's and they could cool. say, no, that was actually an accident. Nobody blame him. It was an accident. He didn't mean it. So that's it's not qualify as murder. Yeah. So... Of course, in other nations, they're looking at the saying, why didn't we think of this idea? Yeah. And Israel's like, well, Yahweh. <laughs> That's Yahweh. our God. Yo, we got Yahweh. <laughs> we got Yahweh. So equal access to justice is one of the foundational principles yeah. of God's scripture That's when we're cool. looking at establishing nations uh, that you people were, want to live in. You were talking, too, about how they were supposed to add to these as they grew. Yes. So they actually will say later on, you can add, to, like, as your population grows, you might need to add some different locations proportionally around the nation so that any time, at all times, <laughs> somebody, anyone who needs to run says, whoops, something illegal, or I'm accused of something illegal even. Yeah. Run to the city of refuge and just wait there while they're figuring out what happened. Yeah. This isn't a fully formulated thought, so I hope it makes sense. But it's kind of, I'm just expanding on what you're saying. So these civilizations, if you were thinking outside of um, the God's divine knowledge, uh, a civilization might take centuries for them to develop something like this, to yes. like realize, oh, this would be a good idea. But the Israelites are coming in with a predetermined law, a predetermined way of living that is just like, normally would have taken them so long for them to figure it out. But it's a it's a sign of God that well they can do this. Or, yeah. Okay. So it's not formulated. You're saying, well, <laughs> I feel like I'm wrong. Pause. <laughs> well, a lot of- Cut this part out, Ryan. <laughs> so all the nations around them had uh, law codes. Mm-hmm. And this was actually not drastically different. Okay. So some of the law codes, if you look at like other ancient ones, so we're getting real nerd history, like the Code of Hammurabi or whatever. <laughs> I'm into it. Sennacherib's tower thing, which you can see in the London History Museum. Or Look at you sounding just like the yesterday's reading. You can yes. still see that iron bed <laughs> in that museum like the down the street. iron bed, you can see it in London. <laughs> uh, so they had a similar. What is different is God... Re- re-gave them, here's your code of law. So some of the laws they would have heard and said, oh, yeah, the Amorites do that. Because it's not just because you're a foreign nation doesn't mean everything you do is bad. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, another law would be spoken to them. They go, whoa, that's different than how it's ever been done in any nation. And that was a divine Mm -hmm. revelation. You can't do it like the other nations. In this respect, you do it different. Okay. What about the things like we've talked about in the past, like how to get rid rid of human waste or like what, like all these different ways to like have a city be healthy because yes. that would have been different from some of the nations they it, were going to encounter. It would have. Yes, it would have. And as you go through the law, you can see when you're listening to this and those who are listening to this podcast, as you go through the law, you want to look at God's wisdom and God's principles, not just the specific. Well, I have a toilet now, so what does it matter that they were told to go dig a hole, poop in it? And cover it up with dirt. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But you're looking at the principles and asking, what does this show that God values? Mm -hmm. What does this show is important? What should we be as Christians concerned about in our community? And the answer is everything. Yeah. Because God's concerned about everything. Even if you looked at your laws about adultery, it's not just about marital faithfulness. It's also about health. Like. The HIV and AIDS numbers would have gone way down if everyone obeyed the law of their, don't commit adultery. Their disease rates, they, if you look at scientists, 
non-Christian scientists look at this and say their disease rates would have been like modern disease rates that we have wow. now because they didn't incredible. know they didn't know about germs. We just learned right. about germs, but God is giving them laws according to his knowledge of germs. Mm-hmm. He knew about germs. So he's like, got to wash your hands before you do that. <laughs> Hashtag 2020. <laughs> they might have thought, why are we washing our hands? Only later do we discover the wisdom of that law. Yeah. It's so, it's that, so cool. That is actually the like, – I love that because it's like – God actually instituted these things. Like he instituted the science. Like yeah. God was not against the science. It was actually his thing. He made science. So he, made he science. did it. Yeah. So yeah. now we've we've split it apart. And now we have this tension of like, well, what does science say? And so, well, actually, God came up with science it. Science versus faith. Science <laughs> no. oftentimes yeah. actually reinforces faith. It's not actually antagonistic towards it. So science is only leading mm. us to discover God's world. Exactly. The law that he already wrote. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. It's very, I mean, it's amazing. How do we get that Deuteronomy? I don't know, but it's there. (laughs) We'll see it. We're going to see it as we go along because it's amazing. Yeah. I also love the verse in chapter 5, 29, where God says, Oh, that they would always have hearts like this, that they might fear and obey all my commands. Um, I think we're going to see in the book of Deuteronomy that God is always after somebody's heart. And it's not just about obeying the laws, but fearing God with. Your heart, soul, mind, strength. It's leaving the the listeners to this question that, but we can't do this. And that's not always a bad question or mm-hmm. a question of defeat. It's leading them to say, we, we need some major change internally because this is beyond us. Yeah. You mean actually obeying the law? Yes. Yeah. It's impossible to do without fearing God. Yeah. 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 I think, too, the listen and obey, you'll see this just over and over mm-hmm. and over. Mo's just saying, listen to what God's saying and do it. Yeah. Don't serve other gods. Don't turn creation into the creator. And I think he is, because this is um, the last book of the Pentateuch, of the first five books of the Bible, he is repeating the same question from the first chapters of Genesis. Whose voice are you going to listen to? Mm-hmm. Over and over again, he's just repeating the, that core question that Adam and Eve were asked, whose voice you're going to listen to? God's, your own, or Satan's? You listen to God's voice because that leads to life. Mm-hmm. Any other voice leads to death. Yeah. There's also like a little bit of prophecy along those lines of yeah. he's saying that, hey, if you don't do this, you're going to be scattered among the nations. Only a few of, a few of you will remain. And that all actually happens in the prophets. <laughs> we'll see that like there's only a remnant well, of Spoiler people. alert. Whoops. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it, it was not that long ago we actually heard Balaam say that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. Know, yeah. Like a couple days ago. In numbers. But yes. yeah, yeah. 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 It's like God's. And we're going to hear it more. And I don't think I (laughs) intensify. I don't think I realized how much that was prophesied, if that's the word I can use, I guess. Pretty consistent, yeah. Without, like, throughout the Old Testament leading up into exile. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. It's amazing. Man. Guys, thanks so much for listening today. We are loving Deuteronomy. As you can tell, we're kind of giddy about it. (laughs) (laughs) But thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye. See ya. Deuteronomy chapter 3, starting in verse 21. At that time, I gave Joshua this charge. You have seen for yourself everything the Lord your God has done to these two kings. He will do the same to all the kingdoms on the west side of the Jordan. Do not be afraid of the nations there, for the Lord your God will fight for you. At that time, I pleaded with the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, you have only begun to show your greatness and the strength of your hand to me, your servant. Is there any God in heaven or on earth who can perform such great and mighty deeds as you do? Please let me cross the Jordan to see the wonderful land on the other side, the beautiful hill country and the Lebanon mountains. 
But the Lord was angry with me because of you. He would not listen to me. That's enough, he declared. Speak of it no more. But go up to Pigsa Peak and look over the land in every direction. Take a good look, but you may not cross the Jordan River. Instead, commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him, for he will lead the people across the Jordan. He will give them all the land you now see before you as their possession. So we stayed in the valley near Beth Peor. And now, Israel, listen carefully to these decrees and regulations that I am about to teach you. Obey, obey them so that you may live, so you may enter and occupy the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add to or subtract from these commands I am giving you. Just obey the commands of the Lord, your God, I am giving you. You saw for yourself what the Lord did to you at Baal Peor. There the Lord your God destroyed everyone who had worshipped Baal, the God of Peor. But all of you who were faithful to the Lord your God are still alive today, every one of you. Look, I now teach you these decrees and regulations just as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may obey obey them in the land you're about to enter and occupy. Obey them completely, and you will be able to display your wisdom and intelligence among the surrounding nations. When they hear all these decrees, they will exclaim, How wise and prudent are the people of this great nation! For what great nation has a God as near to them as the Lord our God is near to us whenever we call on Him? And what great nation has decrees and regulations as righteous and fair as this body of instructions that I am giving you today? But watch out! Be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live, and be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. Never forget the day when you stood before the Lord your God at Mount Sinai, where he told me, summon the people before me, and I will personally instruct them. Then they will learn to fear me as long as they live, and they will teach their children to fear me also. You came near and stood at the foot of the mountain while flames from the mountain shot up into the sky. The mountain was shrouded in black clouds and deep darkness, and the Lord spoke to you from the heart of the fire." You heard the sound of his words, but didn't see his form. There was only a voice. He proclaimed his covenant, the Ten Commandments, which he commanded you to keep, and which he wrote on two stone tablets. It was at that time that he, the Lord, commanded me to teach you his decrees and regulations, so you would obey them in the land you were about to enter and occupy. But be very careful. You did not see the Lord's form on the day he spoke to you from the heart of the fire at Mount Sinai. So do not corrupt yourselves by making an idol in any form, whether of a man or a woman, an animal on the ground, a bird in the sky, a small animal that scurries along the ground, or a fish in the deepest sea. And when you look up into the sky and see the sun, moon, and stars, all the forces of heaven, don't be seduced into worshiping them. The Lord your God gave them to the peoples of the earth. Remember that the Lord rescued you from the iron-smelting furnace of Egypt in order to make you his very own people and his special possession, which is what you are today. But the Lord was angry with me because of you. He vowed that I would not cross the Jordan River into the good land the Lord your God is giving you as your special possession. You will cross the Jordan to occupy the land, but I will not. Instead, I will die here on the east side of the river, so be careful not to break the covenant the Lord your God has made with you. Do not make idols of any shape or form, for the Lord your God has forbidden this. The Lord your God is a devouring fire. He is a jealous God. 
In the future, when you have children and grandchildren and have lived in the land a long time, do not corrupt yourselves by making idols of any kind. This is evil in the sight of the Lord your God and will arouse his anger. Today I call on heaven and earth as witness against you. If you break my covenant, you will quickly disappear from the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. You will live there only a short time. Then you will be utterly destroyed. For the Lord will scatter you among the nations, where only a few of you will survive. There, in a foreign land, you will worship idols made from wood and stone, gods that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. But from there, you will search again for the Lord your God. And if you search for him with all your heart, your soul, you will find him. In the distant future, when you are suffering all these things, you will finally return to the Lord your God and listen to what he tells you. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon you or destroy you or forget the solemn covenant he made with your ancestors. Now search all of history from the time God created people on earth until now and search from one end of the heavens to the other. Has anything as great as this power ever been seen or heard before? Has any nation ever heard the voice of God speaking from fire as you did and survived? Has any other God dared to take a nation for himself out of another nation by means of trials, miraculous signs, wonders, war, a strong hand, a powerful arm, and terrifying acts? Yet that is what the Lord your God did for you in Egypt right before your eyes. He showed you these things so you would know that the Lord is God and there is no other. He let you hear his voice from heaven so he can instruct you. He let you see his great fire here on earth so he could speak to you from it. Because he loved your ancestors, he chose to bless their descendants, and he personally brought you out of Egypt with a great display of power. He drove out nations far greater than you so he could bring you in and give you their land as your special possession as it is today. So remember this and keep it firmly in mind. The Lord is God both in heaven and on earth, and there is no other. If you obey all the decrees and commands I'm giving you today, all will be well with you and your children. I am giving you these instructions so you will enjoy a long life in the land of the Lord your God is giving you for all time. Then Moses set apart three cities of refuge east of the Jordan River. Anyone who killed another person unintentionally without previous hostility could flee there to live in safety. These were the cities, Bezer on the wilderness plateau for the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth and Gilead for the tribe of Gad, Golan and Bashan for the tribe of Manasseh. This is the body of instruction that Moses presented to the Israelites. These are the laws, decrees, and regulations that Moses gave to the people of Israel when they left Egypt and, and as they camped in the valley near Beth Peor east of the Jordan River. This land was formerly occupied by the Amorites under King Sihon, who ruled from Heshbon, but Moses and the Israelites destroyed him and his people when they came up from Egypt. Israel took possession of this land and that of King Og and Bashan, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan. So Israel conquered the entire area from Aaror at the edge of the Arnon Gorge all the way to Mount Sirion, also called Mount Hermon. And they conquered the eastern bank of the Jordan River as far south as the Dead Sea below the slopes of Pigsa. Moses called all the people of Israel together and said, Listen carefully, Israel. Here are the decrees and regulations I'm giving you today so you may learn them and obey them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Mount Sinai. The Lord did not make this covenant with our ancestors, but with all of us who are alive today. At the mountain, the Lord spoke to you face to face from the heart of the fire. I stood as an intermediary between you and the Lord, for you were afraid of the fire and did not want to approach the mountain. He spoke to me. I passed the words on to you. This is what he said. 
I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other gods but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your oxen and donkeys and other livestock, and any foreigners living among you. All your male and female servants must rest as you do. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you. Then you will have a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. You must not covet your neighbor's wife. You must not cover your neighbor's house or land, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. The Lord spoke these words to all of you assembled there at the foot of the mountain. He spoke with a loud voice from the heart of the fire, surrounded by clouds and deep darkness. This was all he said at that time, and he wrote his words on two stone tablets and gave them to me. But when you heard the voice of the heart out of the heart of darkness, while the mountain was blazing with fire, all your tribal leaders and elders came to me. They said, Look, the Lord our God has shown us his glory and greatness, and we have heard his voice from the heart of the fire. Today we have seen that God can speak to us humans, and yet we live. But now... Why should we risk death again? If the Lord our God speaks to us again, we will certainly die and be consumed by all that awesome fire. Can any living thing hear the voice of the living God from the heart of the fire as we did and yet survive? Go yourself and listen to what the Lord our God says. Then come and tell us everything he tells you, and we will listen and obey. The Lord heard the request you made to me, and he said, I have heard what the people said to you, and they are right. Oh, that they would always have hearts like this, that they might fear and obey all my commands. If they did, they and their descendants would prosper forever. Go and tell them, return to your tents, but you stand here with me so I can give you all my commands, decrees, and regulations. You must teach them to the people so they can obey them in the land I'm giving them as their possession. So Moses told the people, you must be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God, following his instructions in every detail. Stay on the path that the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. Then you will live long and prosperous lives in the land that you're about to enter and occupy. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you 
want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.